Hello, Tea Crew, and welcome to this brand new episode of Tea Talk with Shah. Today, we're going to be getting into all the topics all over social media and the internet, and we're also going to be doing a deep dive into the 2023 Oscars. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, T-Crew, let's get straight into it. There are a lot of topics this week, and we got to get started. So firstly, Neo's uh, has welcomes his second baby with his girlfriend, Sade. I, I'm assuming that's his girlfriend. Now, this is the second child that the couple share. Um, as you all remember, last year, the two welcomed a child that actually ended up being the catalyst for Neo's divorce with Crystal. And it seems like while he was working through his divorce with Crystal, he turned around and had another baby with uh, Sade. And I I think she goes by Big Sade or something like that on Instagram. Um, This shook everybody up, but I think this is part of the reason why Crystal just knew it was time to exit stage left because of this behavior. I mean, she was very clear about the fact that He would write on social media these long posts about her and how he appreciated her and how she was everything to him. But at the end of the day, it was just not being reflected in the way he was acting. And for him to now have two kids under two with his quote unquote side chick is just really showing like the kind of character that he had at the time. But it is also rumored, like I said before, that Moneta was actually dating or married or something um, to Neo when he started to date Crystal. So you definitely lose them how you got them. Um, Neo talks about, you know, being in love with Crystal and how the pandemic gave them a second chance when it was apparent that he was still scheming and doing his thing, even under the nose of his wife in a pandemic. It's like wild. It's like, even on top of everything else that you would risk, because they have three children together as well. And one of them, I believe, was a newborn at the time of the pandemic. So you would risk the health of your entire family and your kids to sneak out with your side piece. It just... mm. Shaking my head, Neo. Neo is a hell of a performer. I do like some of his music, but I'm glad that Crystal got out of the situation. I'm glad that Moneta got out of this situation Um, because, you know, like he said, even in his own music, he's just not ready to be faithful to someone. And I think that people underestimate um, men, women, whoever that would say stuff like that, that they're actually being honest about it, but they're actually being honest about it. <laughs> We got to stop telling people, well, you know, we can change and you've never been in a relationship with me and things will be different because a lot of times when people tell you who they are, believe them because they're, they're not lying. They're not trying to be humble. They're, they're dead serious about the kind of person that they are now. You know, she is three kids in with somebody who now has two kids with somebody else. And it's just like, uh, all right. And this is all after he told Moneta he didn't want to have kids. I was like, y'all just, mm, there's a lot going on over there. (laughs) There's a lot going on over there. Crystal, congratulations again on your divorce. I heard she got a beautiful settlement. I think she went to some island or something to celebrate her divorce. Um, And she's moving on. And it looks like Sade and Neo are also moving on. Um, You know. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. 
Um, in more baby news, Krishan says that sobriety opened her eyes in regards to her relationship with Blueface. Now, this was a breath of fresh air to see because I did watch part of the Crazy in Love um, docuseries on Zeus that was highlighting this couple. And I told you guys that I could no longer review it because the substance abuse and domestic violence were just too bad. And I couldn't, you know, in good conscience, go ahead and continue to review and watch that every week and, and, you know, support it every week. Doing these reviews as podcasters, bloggers, vloggers, whatever you want to call us um, in different categories that we have, it, it promotes the show. And that's why a lot of times the celebrities that really get it and are really clicked into it will be like, I don't care what you say about me as long as you're reviewing the show. Because when you're reviewing the show, you're posting clips about it, you're posting reels about it, it keeps the show alive in between weeks. So, you know, shows only air once a week, but the bloggers, the podcasters, the people that are talking about them um, keep it going throughout the week until the next episode comes out. Like that's just how it works, right? It's a give and take relationship. So when you review something, whether you like it or not, you're, you're giving, you know, you're giving it a little clout there so that more people will hear about it. Your audience will maybe hear about it that haven't participated or watched it before. And now you're blowing the show up. So anyway, Krishan um, did an interview recently and she just talked on her live um, about how she feels like being sober has opened her eyes because that was one of my notes for you guys that listened to that review that both her and Blueface never seem to be sober. They always seem to be intoxicated. And I was just like, this is probably leading to a lot of the domestic violence because they're never sober. So she's saying since obviously, you know, she's been pregnant that she's been sober and she's really been abstaining from everything that she was doing before, which I was really happy to hear because there was some, you know, difference in reports on that. They were on the Jason Lee show as a couple. And this is, I think, the week that Krishan found out she was pregnant. But earlier in the week, she had been drinking hard liquor on the Jason Lee show. So people were like, oh my God, was she drinking on the show? So they had to put a little disclaimer at the bottom of his show that this was taped previous, you know, to her pregnancy announcement and to her even finding out that she was actually pregnant, um, that her and Blueface are going to have a child. So this sobriety opening her eyes really helped me. I was okay. So Blueface's birthday was over the weekend. Krishan didn't do anything for her for his birthday. He was rumored to be connected with some other girl in, in the meantime, in between time. And he also tweeted out that he only had one solid woman in his life. And many of his fans and supporters were deducing that he was talking about his baby's mom, Jada, or babies. He has two kids with Jada now. So that that's basically what, you know, his fans were deducing from the tweet that he was not talking about Krishan, that he was a thousand percent talking about the um the mother of his children. So I think this was a wake up call for Krishan. I think there's a lot of things that she was sweeping under the rug when she wasn't sober, because, you know, if you keep your mind cloudy all the time, you don't have to face the facts of what's actually going on. And I think that this was a big wake up call for her that she's starting to wake up from the the haze of drinking, doing whatever, 
um, always being around him, being around his celebrity and really face facts for what it is. Like this man has two children, one of which was conceived during your relationship. Now you're pregnant. He's out here still doing him. Um, and you can kind of put the pieces together as far as what it's going to look like for you guys to have this baby. Now, of course, her um, Blueface's mom always chimes in. She actually alleged that Krishan was not pregnant. But now that Krishan's a little farther along, you can, you know, kind of tell she does look like she has a baby bump and, you know, that she is indeed pregnant and going to have his child. But I think it's going to be a different story now that she's been able to get sober and she's been able to really think about things like how things have been going and progressing in their relationship and how they really haven't gotten anywhere. I mean, he really did not want her to have a child. And Krishan shared on B. Simone's podcast that she had had multiple abortions um, dealing in this relationship because he did not want to have a child. They were up and down so often. And then she was just like, at this point, I'm about to turn 23 in a few days. Um, and when she found out she was pregnant and everything, she's like, yeah, I'm 22, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to continue to do this. So she made a decision as a woman and she continued, you know, she decided to keep her baby. And since then, she's really been seeing like how Blueface moves and Blueface also said, you know, since she didn't do anything for his birthday, that he wasn't going to do anything for her birthday. But I honestly feel like this is a good thing for Krishan. I really hope they scrap season two of crazy in love. I don't think they need to be on TV right now. I think she needs to focus on her temperament, focus on her baby that she's carrying, not to get her stress so high dealing with whatever situations that Blueface has going on. I think at this point you've seen the writing on the wall and it's just time for you to focus on being the best mom you can be and co-parenting with him. Um, in this situation because it's volatile and you don't want anything terrible to happen. So that's my opinion on that. I'm, I'm happy for her. I'm happy for her that her eyes are being opened um, and it just is what it is. All right, let's get to the next topic here. Meg the Stallion is back, y'all. She hit the carpet for Vanity Fair's Oscar after party um, last night looking amazing in a um, black mermaid number. And y'all were right. Megan is not pregnant. Listen, I really thought Megan was pregnant because Megan was all the way inside. And I do not blame her after all the chicanery that happened in the Tory Lanez shooting trial and people accusing her of, you know, lying and not not really being shot and all these people in the industry that low-key flipped on her, people that are still flipping on her in the industry even after he's been convicted. And it's just like a mess. I can understand why she was so deep inside. But honestly, I really, really, truly thought that she um, was pregnant. But she is not pregnant. She looks stunning and snatched. Definitely not four months, like four months where. Um, so yeah, no party Megan baby yet. I was, I was excited, but no. <laughs> and Meg is also going to be performing at the March Madness, uh, tournament concert series. So actually I didn't realize they even had a concert series, but allegedly they do. And she's going to be performing at that. So she decided to pop out because I think that's either this weekend or next weekend, um, that she'll be performing for March Madness. So we'll be looking out for that. And the different clips and such. Um, all right, 
so let's get into the next topic here. Little Mermaid, the full trailer came out. We're so excited. May 26th. Y'all better get your tickets because as per usual, certain uh, demographics are kicking up about not only um, Hallie being a black Little Mermaid, but now they've talked about having Peter Pan uh, Yara Shahidi is going to be playing, um, Tinkerbell and they've been kicking up about that. So it's just like, honestly, all we can really do is support these movies that are more inclusive and diverse, um, in the casting to basically just show Disney and the other, um, and the other warehouses that make these movies that we will come and support, um, when it comes to these princesses and different main characters that look like us, like we have to show them that we're going to support it because obviously there's a demographic of people that are like, I just won't go. I'm not taking my kids off a of principle that they feel like Little Mermaid should be white. Like I can't. Um, so the trailer looked really good. It looked extremely CGI and I was just like, okay, I get it. Cause they're underwater and stuff, but I just feel like, you know, I don't know how I like feel about how it looked. Now, the last um, Black Panther, Black Panther 2, had a lot of underwater scenes, and I just feel like it looks so realistic, but I think when I looked at this Little Mermaid, it looked super CGI, and I was like, oh, will I be able to get into this? I mean, I know I will once I see it on the big screen, but I just thought it looked a little more realistic. However, comma, we're going. Like, I'm literally going to buy, like, 20 tickets. We got to support Hallie. We got to support this movement. Um for her, but it just looked like, I was like, come on, Disney, can it look a little more realistic? You know what I mean? Disney, Marvel, you know what I mean? Like you had the people there, but I think they're going more for like a storyboard type of look. Um, when it comes to Little Mermaid, uh, Megan McCarthy looks great as Ursula. We didn't really get to see, I mean, they showed the prince. I'm not sure what else he's been in. So I think, you know, the crab and the flounder and stuff they're being voiced by celebrities but of course we're not going to see them because this is like a real real life action um adaptation of little mermaid but yeah it looks good it looks really good i'm excited to see it um and yeah the girls will be ready may 26th all right let's get into the next topic here the queens of r&b show review so i got a chance to watch the first episode i haven't watched the second episode yet but i definitely got a feel of the show so i thought we could talk about it so i definitely think this is a great show this is my favorite way to enjoy candy burris tucker on reality tv I, if it was up to me she would only do these kind of shows because i really feel like this shows Candy fully in her bag. I don't feel like Real Housewives really does that. Because honestly, you know, y'all know I slander Candy sometimes. But I do like Candy. But I feel like the messiness and the bone collecting and trying to go back and forth with these women has never really... It hasn't been her for a long time. Maybe before Todd, you know, she kicked up a little bit. But I just feel like that space for her is long gone. I love her and really enjoy her on this show. Um, I heard it's only about six or seven episodes, which is sad to me because I really do 
enjoy this show. I like the perspective of watching SWV, who's a little bit older, versus Escape, who's still going through growing pains. And I like the fact that somebody highlighted this, I think it was Philly Diva, that Coco was like, yeah, we had these issues too, until we realized it's not about us. And sometimes even if we're not speaking, we're going to get on that stage and we're going to do what needs to be done. And I feel like Escape is the same way. You've all tried to do separate things. Candy had a solo career. Candy and Tiny tried to do a group together um, and wrote mega hits, but never really did anything as a group with each other. Um, Tamika, I'm sure, has been doing her own thing. Latasha is now doing a gospel album or something like that on her own. But you guys make the most money as Escape. Let's just call a spade a spade. You're going to make the most money as Escape. SWV realized they're going to make the most money in a group um despite lead vocals and who's doing what or whatever when it came down to it we want to see you guys as groups um and i wish that escape will be able to get over that but the thing is when it comes to family it can be harder at times and like they also like like philly diva's instagram page also said the black family dynamic of latasha being the mom's favorite and tamika kind of picking up the slack just makes so much sense let's let's break it down really quickly Latasha, like she said in her own package, was always picked on as the bigger girl in the group. I remember this. I remember this as a child. I was like, okay, they have the group escape. They got the three, you know, little ones. They were all dressed in guy clothes anyway. They were like dapper down with the Tims and the baggy jeans and the big old flannels and hats and stuff. So they kind of looked a little like gangsta-ish, you know what I mean? Like that was their aesthetic anyway. But you could notice right off the bat that the the lead singer, Latasha, was a little bigger than the other girls. So this makes me feel like the mom definitely overcorrected because she was just like, I know Tamika's good. Tamika fits in with the other girls. Tamika's the same age as the other girls. And then I have my other daughter, Latasha, who isn't fitting in as well because of her size and because she was a little older and because this was tiny and candy was Tamika's friend group. Tamika then said, my sister can sing, let's bring her into the group. So that's why it almost from the beginning was set up as a three against one. And you can kind of see that in groups sometimes when the rest of the group is organic and then they just bring somebody else in, um, how it's just different. But anyway, they were able to function for all these years um, until allegedly, according to Candy, Latasha got this. Um, opportunity for a solo deal where she said, you know, I won't record the last album unless I get my solo deal. Allegedly, according to Candy, Latasha said that never happened, but it kind of, they've been pegged against each other from the beginning, but it's hard with groups because there's four different egos, there's four different styles, there's four different things that you want to get out of the group when you have multiple people in a group. So they also got into a money dispute between Tamika and Latasha. And my first mind was like, oh, this is family business. Like it's messy that it's even being brought up on the show. But now that it's here, I just feel like, you know, why did Tiny get her check? Why did Candy get her check? But when it came down to Tamika's check, it got sent to Latasha and Rocky. I just don't understand how the rest of the women were able to get their checks directly to them. And um, Tamika's check came to Rocky and Tamika did go on live or no, I believe it was Instagram and she cleared everything up. She sat down with her daughters and she told a fuller story because it was kind of cut off 
in what we saw on the show. So she had to tell a fuller story of what happened. And it's still like, it kind of makes sense, but it's not making sense. Like, even if Rocky was your current manager at the time, why didn't you get your own check? And if you pay taxes on it, why would you not then go back to your sister and be like, listen, I know there was something that was supposed to be for me, but I didn't cash it. So I need you guys to go back through your books and see if you have a surplus, because if a check came in and Rocky assumed it was for the group or for the girls or for everybody as a whole, and he just went ahead and cashed it or whatever the case may be, allegedly, why would that not have been found later? And why would you keep that from your husband and just pay taxes on it and act like it never happened? It's just very weird. But the family dynamic does set up that everybody is protecting Latasha because of her weight. But now she looks great. She's the same size as everybody else. And this chip on her shoulder is literally the only thing that I can see that's bigger than any of the other girls, to be honest. Um, But I love the show. I'm going to continue to watch the show. Let me know what you guys think about the show. And those have been our um, trending topics for the week. Stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the sports update with J-Rob. Today I will be covering both the NBA and the NFL. So let's get started with the NBA. The NBA is investigating Memphis Grizzlies all-star guard Ja Morant after a nightclub video surfaced on a social media post that showed Morant appearing to hold a gun. Also, Memphis Grizzlies forward Brandon Clark will miss the remainder of the season after tearing his Achilles tendon. Now moving to the NFL. The New York Giants have signed quarterback Daniel Jones to a four-year contract worth $160 million. Also, the Seattle Seahawks have signed quarterback Geno Smith to a three-year contract worth $105 million. Also, the New Orleans Saints have signed quarterback Derek Carr to a four-year contract worth $150 million dollars also the baltimore ravens have put the non-exclusive franchise tag on quarterback lamar jackson other teams will be able to make offers beginning on march 15th the ravens have the right to match any offer however if the ravens do not match an offer given to lamar jackson by another team the team that signs lamar will give the Ravens two first-round draft picks. And finally, the Dallas Cowboys have placed a franchise tag on running back Tony Pollard. The running back tag for this upcoming season is about $10 million. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an amazing week. All right, T-Crew, let's get into my favorite part of the podcast. The deep dive, and I just feel like, I'm sorry if this comes off shady from the beginning, disclaimer, but the views and opinions of this show are the views and opinions of me, <laughs> and this is what I truly think about the Oscars, so let's get into the Oscars. Um, first of all, I will say, I'm going to say some positive things too. First of all, I will say everybody really looked amazing last night. I really, really enjoyed a lot of the fashions. Ava DuVernay looked beautiful. I think she's lost some weight. She looks amazing. Um, Janelle Monae, uh, Hallie, 
Halle Bailey came in on-brand turquoise, our um, Ariel, Little Mermaid Princess. Um, I'm trying to think who else I see. Thames. Ugh. We'll get into Thames more later, but Thames, a vision, a vision, okay? Um, of course, Angela Bassett looked amazing, and we'll get into that more. Um, oh, I also liked Cara, Cara Delvine. I love that red on her and the one leg out, gorgeous. Um, everybody just looked better. I, I would just say that everybody really stepped their game up for the Oscars this year. I really didn't see anybody that I was like, mm, well, you know, Loki, no Tino shade, Halle Berry looked a little, mm, wasn't my favorite. Also not terrible, not terrible. Wasn't my favorite. Um, I liked Lady Gaga's red carpet look. I thought she looked very classic in Hollywood. Also Vanessa Hutchins had on the black and white theme like that for her. Um, yeah, everybody generally looked great. Um, so let's get into some more of the things that happened during the award show. So Lady Gaga performed in jeans and no makeup, and she was torn to shreds for having dry, um, I don't want to say crusty lips, but her lips were dry in the performance. I feel like this was a miss on her part only because I truly think that if this was something that she wanted to do, and I think she did disclose this performance was near and dear to her heart, that she should have skipped the carpet. And I say that because I do like, I did like her look. I think she looked great. She had the classic red lip, but trying to get that lipstick off, trying to get all that makeup off and get her into the jeans and t-shirt that she wore for the performance really was a tight squeeze. And I think that's why she looked the way that she did. And now she's getting kind of low-key dragged for it. I mean, it is what it is. It was a raw performance. Um, could somebody have slipped her some lip balm or Carmex or something? Sure, they could have. But this is what happens with a live show that everybody kind of has to go with the flow. But honestly, for what she gave to the carpet, I would have skipped the carpet. But that's just me. Um, Rihanna's emotional performance of Lift Me Up. That was an amazing performance of Lift Me Up. And I agree with some people's accounts that I enjoyed this performance more than the Super Bowl. I like the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. I think she really did the thing. I think it was exciting. It was fun to watch. The dancers killed every single moment of it. But I really enjoyed this more um, somehow. And so seeing pregnant is, is, def is definitely difficult. All the singers that do it will tell you um, shout out to Kiki Wyatt, <laughs> will tell you that it's not easy to sing pregnant because a lot of your organs and the way that you sing are being pushed and moved and shoved now that, you know, you're about to bring forth life. So just to see her be able to perform like that, um, was amazing. Uh, and, and just a, an awesome tribute to Chadwick and the movie, um, especially getting into some of the other things that happened in the night, like just to be able to have that spotlight on um, Black Panther 2 and to have it really have the influence that it did as a superhero movie. I think this is the first time in history that a superhero movie from a franchise has been nominated for an Oscar, um, you know, in a in a supporting role and in the other categories that it was nominated in. So shout out to them. Um, trying to think other positive things that I saw. Uh, yeah, so I talked about Halle Berry being on the carpet. She did stun in her on-brand turquoise, but DDG did not make it to the carpet. 
<laughs> so the two are allegedly uh, back together and have been spotted out together, but he did not make it to the carpet. So that was an interesting little tidbit there. Um, all right. Uh, Ruth Carter also won her second Oscar for Black Panther 2, the costuming, and she is the only African American woman to win two Oscars. Um, there's no other African American woman who's won two Oscars. So shout out to her. And she made a lovely speech, um, where she just talked about, you know, black women being superheroes and just, you know, big up in the culture and just taking her moment to really shine a light on the project. Um, that is Black Panther too. All right. So now that we've discussed all that time to get into the meat and potatoes of this. Angela Bassett did not win supporting actress for her role as queen of Wakanda. Hmm. Oh, what can I, there's so much to say. And I honestly don't want to make this about shading Jamie Lee Curtis or everything, everything, but it just seems like there's such a trend with these award shows when there has to be a sweep of literally almost every category for a movie that they find to be exceptional. Now, Everything Everything was a great movie and it was a minority-led cast. I will put that out there. The lady who led that cast was um, Asian-American and Jamie Lee Curtis won as her supporting actress. Okay? So there are other people in the categories uh, that also won for this movie. This movie basically won everything. But I think that our distaste for Angela not winning has less to do with that and more to do with the fact that this has not been the first time that Angela Bassett should have won an Oscar. And then to also, like they do with all the different categories, they will put the camera on the people that are nominated so we can get a live reaction of either the win or the loss or whatever. She sat there in her chair and she smiled. She didn't clap, but she smiled and acknowledged Jamie's win as Jamie was celebrating. Why were people acting like this was somehow shade to Jamie Lee Curtis and her team? It absolutely was not. She's a human being who was disappointed in the fact that she's been snubbed yet again for another amazing performance. And it doesn't mean that Jamie deserved it less but it absolutely means that they're going to stop playing in our face when it pertains to our black royal um, Hollywood people. Because we this is the thing, we keep getting into it over and over and over, but this is truly how I feel about this. And we'll get into the Thames thing too, because I skipped it by mistake. But um, I feel like we need to divest from these award shows. And the reason why I feel like we need to divest is because we are not the audience of people that are going to be celebrated in these award shows. And I think just pushing and pushing towards this unachievable goal is only causing more friction for Black Hollywood. I truly feel like the slap last year and just the anticipation of maybe a handful of Black actors winning best supporting or, be, or you know, best actress or best actor or whatever the case may be. Like, I truly feel like it's really having us 
fight for these impossible standards. However, when you have a body of work like Angela Bassett and you still don't win an Oscar, it just speaks to what the Oscars actually represent less than it speaks to you as an actress. But when you work your whole life for something, she wants it. You want that acknowledgement. You want that you want that validation from your peers and it's just so sad to see that they dropped the ball once again and that's no shade to anybody else's win but the ball was dropped it really was the ball was fully dropped and i i wish there was a way for black hollywood to divest from the oscars because just i would just you know withdraw in a perfect world i would love to see more selections just withdrawn just withdraw selections from consideration for them not for council people on the Oscars deciding board to turn around and say they did not go see Women Woman King, they hadn't seen it and they don't plan on seeing it. You aren't trying to understand where the um, gaps are, so to speak. You're not trying to go out and see the films that are making waves because you already have in your mind what you want to do and who you want to give the awards to anyway. So it's just like whatever else you see in that time frame, who cares? Um, at the end of the day. And so this is just to me, just, you know, it's just validation. Like, I just can't understand why we continue to want something so bad from a community that just does not see it for us. And I hate that for Angela. And I just want her to know if she ever heard this, that you are a winner and we love you. And, and the, the thought and, um, effort that you put into your craft does not go unnoticed um, we see it, we appreciate it, but that's the thing, right? When you go see a Black Panther movie, the empowerment that Black people feel from something like that is something that they definitely don't want to continue to promote. Oh yeah, they'll have Rihanna hop up there and congrats to Ruth and all that she does, but it's more of, yeah, well, it's just a little, we got to spread it around just a little. We're not going to go based off of what was really, because that was more than a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. That was a move. And the first Black Panther party, uh, the first Black Panther movie was also a move. But see how I just slipped and said Black Panther Party? Like that's the kind of stuff that they are not going to promote and celebrate. So that's basically, without getting too deep into it, that's basically my opinions on the situation. And then quickly um, to go back, people were complaining about Thames blocking their view or whatever when they're watching the show. I have two words for y'all. Get, or three, (laughs) get over it. Thames was the moment. Thames was the moment and her dress was the moment. At the end of the day, they didn't put anybody behind her that looked like they needed to be seeing what was going on on stage because I don't even know if they were nominated. So let's just keep it a buck and keep it a bean. You were not nominated. You can see what's going on on the stage by leaning around. And her dress was the moment. And I stand by that. I think she looked amazing. I think it could have been a little lower, but hey, it wasn't a little lower. So it is what it is. Everybody that was there... Um, you know, just found a way to deal with the situation, but Thames was the moment. Like when you are the moment, you don't have to go back and, oh, can you guys see, should I move my dress down? No, she was the moment. (laughs) She was the absolute moment. And if the Oscars didn't want that, the Oscars could have said something to her, but they didn't. So everybody else can just move around because they had the option to say something to her and they absolutely did not. So move around.
<laughs> All right, everybody, this has been the deep dive for this week. Stay tuned for our outro comments. All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you guys. I just want to thank you all for listening, sharing, doing everything that you do to keep the podcast active um, and spreading out to as many people as possible. As always, convict the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are, and I love you for listening. Bye!